Welcome to the Chat Club Podcast, where you are not alone in your mental health journey. It's okay that you're not okay today. Where discussions on mental health challenges like anxiety, grief, interviews with people that deal with challenges in mental health. Also, discussions on positive coping mechanisms, positive motivation, self-help, a little hope, and thinking creatively. Remember, there's only one rule in Chat Club. Everybody talks about Chat Club. Take a seat, relax, and listen. Here is your host, Alan Hilchey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chat Club podcast. I mean, there's only one rule in Chat Club. Everybody talks about Chat Club. Today, I have a special guest today, and her name is Rachel McLeod. And Rachel is a mental health therapist and emotional wellness coach. Um, welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's my pleasure. Um, so I guess we need to tell my audience a little bit about your journey and how you become a mental health therapist and an emotional wellness coach. Yeah, I, gosh, I ended up wanting to help people. So, and I kind of have a, uh, a little bit of a serendipitous landing in social work. Um, it just seemed like the best thing to do. Not a ton of thought in it. Um, it is perfect for me. Um, I didn't, um, like I said, I just kind of landed up here. Um, I did some training to be, I did the training that to be a mental health therapist. And, um, to, and I started out from graduation really working with people with addictions. And um, I did my best. I tried very hard. I used all the skills that were given to me and I was very distressed and upset and disappointed with the results I was getting people. And um, so I quit. <laughs> And I was pretty mad about talk therapy and um, I just was angry and I quit and I stayed at home with my children. And during that time, about three years later, I ended up in one of my, my last mental health crisis. And um, I thought I was in a financial crisis and a marital crisis. And um, I just was so confused and I just, I could not solve my problems and I had never felt so disconnected from myself or so just scrambled up would be the words I would have, I would have used to describe what I was feeling. And I, my husband was like, well, why don't you go get an evaluation? And I didn't want to, because I'm a therapist and I don't like them anyway. And <laughs> so, but I took myself there because I was like, whatever, let's do this. And I had a, an evaluation and they diagnosed me with obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I looked back on my life and I was like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Because this was not my first mental health crisis. This was the last big one I, I've had. And um, I looked back and I saw, oh, that's why I had that other crisis and that one. And that's why I walked around high school so terrified. Um, and a lot of my, um, obsessive compulsive, my compulsions and my obsessions were very mental. They weren't the, um, needing to count everything. I did have a couple of those. Um, but they weren't a lot of the outward checking things and rechecking things and cleaning everything, you know, that probably would help me if I would clean like that. But, um, 
it to some degree, but it was not, it was all mental stuff. And it really helped me to excel. And I was really excelling in school. I was excelling as an athlete. I, um, I would have something, a vision come in that I wanted to do. And I would do it because of my mental obsession. Nobody knew that underneath all this achievement was fear driving my entire system. And so anyway, I ended up being given an intervention that was very different than talk therapy. And um, the woman said, try this, it will change your life. And it was very quickly after I got my first diagnosis. And so uh, I tried it out at night. I was having racing thoughts. I couldn't sleep. I was having insomnia. I didn't really, how you're a therapist and you don't know that you're facing insomnia. I couldn't, like, I didn't ever calculate how many hours it took me to go to sleep, but it really was, I was, I really could not get to sleep. And, um, so I, I thought that night I was like, why don't I try that thing I just learned? And so it was tapping. So I tapped on some points and it took me about 30 seconds and I yawned and I thought, Hmm, interesting. So I tapped again. I fell right to sleep. I woke up the next morning. I'd never chose to go to sleep. And I was like, Holy, I just slept. And I was like, what else can I try this on? And I just started resolving symptom after symptom. And I, all my obsessions, I would just go after them and use this for that. And I would just notice change after change after change. And so I thought, this is something real. I don't know (laughs) what this is all about, but this is a real thing. If I ever go back, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go back and do that talk therapy jazz. I now have made peace with talk therapists. I know that they are very valuable, but I also know that, um, that what I am here to do and what I, I do is very different and gets very different results and is very specific, um, to helping brains heal and resolve symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress, which is, you know, what I've fashioned my entire career after is just helping the brain heal itself and helping people help their brains heal. And so, I, that's how I got here. And I, along the way, I, I got trained in new interventions and they all did the same thing. I thought it was this one, but it turns out that why are all these other ones helping in the same way? And so then I started taking some trainings in interpersonal neurobiology and brain function and realizing that the brain actually has a beautiful process for resolving symptoms and that process can get stuck. And that process can be stuck for a lifetime. And that means that none of the symptoms are actually going to resolve. And actually, that's why we're going to need all the medications on top of it and learning how to cope and all this stuff. But really, if we can just help the brain complete its process for resolving symptom after symptom, all of a sudden, all that stuff goes away. All the, the need, all these extra needs, all these extra things we have to do when we have mental health issues, it just disappears. And our brain actually begins to function well, um, solve problems, create more wellness, and really have, you know, the power to really create, reach our goals, help us with connection automatically, as opposed to really having to put effort in because, you know, if you just relax a little bit, your brain is going to a sharp left down a cliff you know? And so, um, that's really, so I started doing only that. And then I developed a process to help people resolve their disorders, resolve their anxiety, their depression and traumatic stress in two to six months instead of the two to six years. Cause I thought, why does this have to take so long? And so I just started experimenting I ended up starting to teach people the interventions and the strategies. And by the time people are done with me, they're trained, um, with some really advanced strategies, 
Um, and I would even say better than most therapists in our community when it comes to helping the brain resolve symptoms. And we can do this for ourselves. So anyway, that's the long journey of how I got right here um, in this very weird place where I have people come to my office with massive disorders. We tap, we move our eyes, we do all these interventions that work specifically with the part of the brain that makes that keeps these problems from being resolved in the first place. And in a very short time later, they walk out well. That's, that's awesome. And, and what I can really tell Rachel is your passion. You have a real passion for this. And we need more people like you, an advocate being through, been through the ringer and coming out on the, I call it the happy side, the, the hope and the hope that you can get better. And I find that so enlightening your, what, what you're bringing here today. Um, and is this through your strategies and through your schooling, you became what you are, or is there a certain courses? You know, I started this intervention before, um, now it's, it's much more popular emotional freedom techniques is what the intervention I was given. Um, it was on the, like, she gave this to me, like off the grid, <laughs> She gave this to me and there was nobody talking about this. All the stuff said it was woo woo. So there really wasn't trainings for it. There was just a bunch of people who uh, were, had found this, this emotional acupressure thing and were talking about all these phenomenal results that everyone else was saying that's hogwash and that's ridiculous. And EMDR was just coming on the scene and they were saying that was hogwash. And so here these new interventions were coming out back when I needed them the most. And um, so I really didn't have, uh, there wasn't a training to have that I okay. was, that was available to me. Um, so I just learned this stuff by jumping into my inner world and doing the healing work. And I, every once in a while, I would run into people that were also doing this and I would kind of spy on them from a distance. <laughs> what are you doing with this? And so I would just pick up some things and then, um, but I really didn't, it took me quite a while to resolve. I also am, uh, have experienced complex childhood trauma. And um, so I didn't even understand that whole ball of worms, ball of wax or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I was really working with other people and just seeing if I could help. And then it was, I was helping and we were resolving symptoms, but then they would still have this whole disorder. And so it was with working with them that I ended up developing this process that I have now. Um, and, I, you know, I think I, I have had a little help here and there. Um, Gary Craig had the, he was the, he's the creator of, um, emotional freedom techniques. Um, and he had some, some basic strategies that are still great to this day, um, that I've, I've brought that in people's brains typically like that. Um, and then I've adapted other things and I've invented other things because different brains will need different things. And so just along the way, when I didn't have a tool for it, me and the client would make one up. And then lo and behold, the next client or two clients later would, and Hey, we just made this thing up. You want to try it? And we'd try it and it would work or we'd adapt it even further. And, and so that's kind of how, and, and then not just that, but when you talk about a disorder, it's not just about resolving past trauma. 
you you do want to do a lot of emotional wound healing. You want the brain to get in there and heal these emotional wounds. Um, but some of the problem with mental illness is that there, there are things that the brain is not doing consistently, like generating wellness or, gen, or joy or self-confidence. That needs to be wired in and built. And um, sometimes people, trauma has knocked it off. Other times, especially with children, people who have um, a complex childhood trauma, their brain was in such a trauma state that their brain didn't have time to build in joy. Like we don't need joy. We need to survive this. And so um, as we, we help the nervous system come out of that, we need to survive state and start shifting into thrive. We find that there's just none of this stuff built. So we need to build those things. And every one of us has stuff we can build. Brains love to build. I want to say, we'll call it an engine that pumps out joy or self-confidence, anything that we need, our brain will build that. And we have all the equipment for it. That work just needs to be done to assemble this joy kit, right? And we, or to reassemble the joy kit or repair the joy or repair the confidence, repair the ability to connect, um, the, repair the ability to feel safe and to have this inner stability and inner security that, that we can build that stuff in our nervous systems come equipped with that but it does need to get wired in and that's really what i found is is the other parts of this healing piece that i did not i have not seen out there as i've taken other trainings and that i do find is something very specific to my program is that um I was thinking about it today and it's like, I'm always talking about getting rid of symptoms, but really I'm also coming for building in self-acceptance, building in self-love, unconditional, all the, you know, all the, the things we need to be emotionally well, because it's, it's, it's not just about the absence of symptoms. It's about wellness flowing through us. Absolutely. And I love how you said that you're very flexible because every person's different. Every and, person's different. Yeah. And I find that enlightening. In Canada, I don't think we have any of this, but because we're all talk therapy, um, they do a lot of cognitive behavior therapy. That's what they do. They problem solve. But as far as the stuff that you're bringing today, I think we're probably five or 10 years from that, to be honest, Canada. I'm not sure if you have any uh, people that you talk to in Canada. Yeah, I know you're from the U.S. had a client recently from Canada. Okay. Um, and they were talking about this. It was um, a bit surprising how many therapists they have been through and how much they have been trying mm -hmm. to get this help and how it's been passed off as all these different labels. And it's just really not. It's, you know, it's so um, I, I think we all need to do a better job at diagnosing trauma and understanding that trauma is very specific to the individual brain. Um, what would traumatize me wouldn't traumatize anybody else, right? And what would traumatize somebody else may not touch me at all, you know? Um, and so we really can't judge, you know, should somebody have this disorder or not? They do. So now let's resolve it and not sit around and, and judge, should I or should I not have this? Um, the brain tells us what it needs, what it's trying to do. Um, and, you know, when we're having flashbacks, when we're having dissociations, we're having racing thoughts or, or somatic distress, like our stomach dropping, that's actually the brain trying and the, uh, the whole system, our whole system trying to heal itself. And the, the, the process for healing is blocked. Um, and so it is what it is. If somebody's showing up with dissociation, 
treat the dissociation, help the brain resolve that. It's not, this is not that complicated. We don't have to label it properly or say, well, you shouldn't, you don't have a trauma history, so you don't get to have dissociation. So you must be confused. No, um, it's showing up and there's a reason. Let's find that reason and help the brain resolve it. And so I think, I don't know, I can't speak specifically to Canada, but I think that, and, and, you know, and helping. So if, if you understand brain function, right. Um, all of these, we have a process for integrating all of our experiences, all of our sensory information, all of the sensory, all this information runs through our nervous system and our whole system's communicating all the time. Um, and the job of the senses and the sensory information is to inform the front of the brain, run it through the front of the brain so meaning can be made. That's where we have our logic, our reasoning, our understanding, our morals, our values, our um, perspectives, um, being able to see things from multiple perspectives, our problem solving, and um, the creation of new ways of being. That's all there in the front of the brain. And so all this information, when we have an experience, is moving through us and trying to get to the front of the brain so that um, that front of the brain, when it's making solutions for us right now, has all the information available to it. Um, but all the information that's running through our system that is the positive stuff just zips through this process so quickly. The stuff that registers in our body is pain, which is a lot of the negative emotions, rejection, pain, um, rejection, um, uh, jealousy, anger, fear, that stuff registers in the brain as pain and your survival system's job is to keep us away from pain. So all of a sudden, all this information that's running through, the survival system jumps in front of it and like sends it out and tries to get us away from that pain as quickly as possible. So here, our brain and the, the front of our brain is only getting half of the information available that's trying to make its way to the front. And so you'll notice that our solutions become very lopsided. And actually, we kind of start looping. <laughs> we start recycling the same patterns and the same processes and the same thoughts over and over again. That's a sign that this process is excluding all of the some of the material that's needed to make new solutions and to stop this looping. And so really the, that part of the brain that's doing that is the survival system. It thinks it's helping us. It's doing its job. It's very committed to keeping us away from pain. It doesn't know that this information is vital to us or it's part of our wellness stuff. All it knows is this is pain. You can't get through here. And so it's, it's overriding our whole system, shutting down this symptom resolution process and causing this, this negative painful energy to circulate through our system. And this information, this negative information just starts sh shooting out of us into our life. We're snapping at our kids. We're jealous about our friend's achievement. You know, we're, we don't want to be touched because we're, we're, our nervous system's just mad and we're fleeing and we can't, we've got a project we're procrastinating for because it's, the stuff is just stuck in our body and it just feels bad and we can't, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. But all of a sudden, we work with the survival system in its native language, which is not talking. It is not a talking sense center. It's not a reasoning center. It's actually listening very closely to the body. So we can use um, interventions that use the body to send messages to that survival system to get it to calm down, to respond quickly, and to let this healing happen. And so these emotional acupressure interventions like emotional freedom techniques or thought-filled therapy are all just like using the body as a little computer device to say, hey, we're, we're fine. Let this healing happen. And the survival system responds quickly. It will actually get out of the way and let this information through within minutes. 
that's why I fell asleep in 30 seconds and in, in a minute of the use, I needed two rounds, but it, the first time I used it, it shifted me because that, that survival system got out of the way long enough to let some of whatever I was worried about, um, the racing thoughts were all about, let it get to the front of my brain so that that stuff can actually complete its job. And then it's like, okay, finish that. Who sent all the information up. Now I'm going to go to sleep, you know? Um, and so we're, we're, we're now these, these interventions, EMDR, um, thoughtful therapy, energy medicine, um, uh, emotional freedom techniques really are, we're really working with the brain and the body system, our energy systems in a way that's getting us transformational results so fast. And it's just because we're actually working with the brain instead of fighting the brain. And we're working with the brain in the way the brain is already working. And we're meeting the brain where it needs to be met right at the pain spots. And so now, yes, a lot of this work is about going back and processing all the pain that hasn't gotten processed. Yes. And the other piece of this, these interventions really desensitize the pain. It's like going to the dentist and getting your tooth numbed first before they start to take the tooth out. You know, yes, do not work on my teeth without numbing me properly. And can you make the numbing of me properly really easy because even getting numb hurts, right? So, so this right here, what we're doing with going back and processing all this pain, because it must get processed, but it doesn't have to take a really long time. And so that's why we're, we're, I have a very systematic process to guide people because you get in there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a mess. You know, where do I start and where am I going and what do I do now? And that's really my process is a systematic process that guides people through the first part, then the next part. And you just keep doing the steps and then and you're you're helping your brain resolve all of that old stuff. And then you take that and you start all that new space and you start the construction of the things that you really need and you want, like connection or confidence or joy. And um, and that's all in this process. And so. Yeah, we're making a lot of headway. It seems like it. Um, I love how you refer to uh, the brain. You can't see the dysfunction. You can't see the trauma. You can't see the pain. Opposed to going to a hospital and you break your arm. That's right. They, they treat the injury. I teach first aid. Treat the injury that's making the, that's right. the, the negative impact. And I love that. So how long have you done this for? Um, let's see. So I graduated from uh, my master's in 2005. Mm -hmm. I, um, I practiced for, gosh, a year, almost a year. And then my entire unit was laid off. And that's when, you know, I was trying to get another job, but I was like, I don't even like this field. I can't, you know, I went through the whole, I quit thing. So I quit. And that's when I stayed at home full time. Um, I had my mental illness uh, my breakdown about three years after that. And then I, it took me quite a bit of time to recover myself. Plus I, I wasn't trying to, I was very happy as a stay at home mom, even though I was recovering from all this mental illness, I was loving that. Um, and then I started to get curious and started going back to work and seeing if I could help other people. Um, if this was just my brain or if it would help other people, um, and so I went back to work in, in 2015 because I thought, well, let me finish this whole 
you know, license your thing. And along that way, I started being able to start working with other people's brain, very small. Like I was at the hospital and I was able to start doing this with people. It was phenomenal. Even just with, with two minutes of, of support, people would come out of panic attacks, um, come out of massive grief. And, and really, um, I just, I just saw what I felt were miracles. Um, and I was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> so, um, so I started my private practice in 2017 not that long ago. Right. And so I just, I was still experimenting. I was still, I, I, would, I would do all this work for free because people at that time were not, we weren't talking about tapping. I didn't, you know, I was like, I want to practice and, and people, you know, the whole buy-in and um, I wasn't attached to therapy yet and I legally couldn't um, practice yet. So, um, and then I finished my licensure process and just started up and had all this experience under my belt. And I started getting, getting clients and we just started going. I had, I was just wandering around then, but, um, and we'd get to the outcome, but then I started seeing patterns. And so then I started, oh, and that's when really, when my process came together. So I've been in private practice now for seven years. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank that's, you. Uh, that's and remarkable. Over 200 people with this, because this is really fast. I've really had to be on my marketing game because people don't stay with me for a long time. I'm not mm -hmm. a therapist that has people on their couch for for years and years and years. And, yeah. um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's given me the opportunity to bring in, you know, work with more and more and more people, but really my first project myself, and it was, was really one of the biggest, um, just the most powerful help for me in this thing. It's, it's one thing to talk about you know, we're, we're talking about dissociation in books. That's all fine and dandy, but what does that feel like? What does that look like? I know now, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, when, when you're um, anxious, you know, and you're staying up all night, what does that feel like? You know, I know, I know like these symptoms, I know them now because I, I, I felt them. I, oh, yeah. this is racing thoughts. Oh, this is fear of making a mistake. Oh, this is, you know, and so that's really one of the biggest pieces to my success and all this stuff, but, but then being able to apply it and having so many people who were willing to go on an uncharted journey with me. Yeah. So we're almost running out of time here. <laughs> so, cause I know you want, you have things to do and everything. So you do this online. You said you had a Canadian person that actually went through you. Is there an option for online? Yeah, I, I have a self-study program. My, mm -hmm. I, the whole curriculum I use with all of my therapy clients is available. Okay. Um, I, it's not available. I I'm right now I'm having, I'm, if I'm debating on things right now, it's on my website, it's book a call with me. And mm -hmm. then I can really see which one would be best, which of the options would be best yeah. for you. And then, um, and then I share the the specific signup page based on. Um, I don't want people to not get results. That's I'm, no. I'm I am all about results. You should see mm -hmm. results in the very beginning of our work together. Um, okay. Whether you're working with me in the program or in the self study program, you will know if this works within the first several applications of the interventions. Okay. Um, so. Anyway, I don't know even how I got onto that, but what, so it, so, but there is, I, I did make my curriculum available because there's yeah. going to be many, many people who want to heal in private. That was what I was like. I did not want anybody in my space while I was healing. Mm -hmm. 
and the people that one specific person that's gone through this program that's emailed me about it. She's just like, I knew this was going to be a hot mess and I didn't want anyone to watch. So I, so, and I'm, so I'm thrilled that that's available. It's a, it's a roadmap, right. Yeah. And a guide to do this work in a very quick, um, strategic way. So that is available by um, self-study. I also have a very small group coaching program where I will walk beside people and give them individualized attention as they're, as they're going through the process. So. Yeah. So at the end of my podcast, um, when I put my lines in what I just did with you, of course, I'm going to put your website in there. So the listeners are interested to, you know, take a journey with you, then they have access to it. Um, and your webpage is beautifully laid out. Um, by the way, I could sneak a peek and Thanks. research a little bit. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time. And, and what I really love about what you bring is your strategies. It's not a coping mechanism. No. It's all strategies. And I, I really like that. Such a smooth um, word to, to phrase. So. I want to thank you very much for coming on and I know we didn't have a lot of time. We probably could have talked for hours, but <laughs> I really appreciate it. It was really nice to meet you and I hope my listeners can get something out of it and maybe join up with you. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the chat club podcast with your host, Alan Hilchey. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google play or where you download your podcasts. Be sure to check out Chat Club Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Remember, there is only one rule in Chat Club. Everybody talks about Chat Club. Be sure to catch our next episode.